Alright, welcome to the chaotic crossover fun that is Memento et Oblivisir, a game of forgetful heroes. I'm Raven, my pronouns are they, them, and I will be your DM. Hi there, I'm Tiana, my pronouns are they, she, and I am playing uh, our lovely fairy druid, Bubbles Utonium. Okay. Um, hey, I'm Lior, my pronouns are he, they, fey, and I am playing... Your fearful rogue on duo. Hello, I'm Shy Knight. I am playing Captain Steve Rogers with my sidekick Bucky. And uh, really, that's it. Hi, I'm Rob. Uh, he, him. I am playing Queen Elsa uh, and Aladrin. All right, and so. Um, every time at, um, either at the end of a session or sometime during the week before another session, I put, um, a list of questions that I came up with through a random number generator to see what question we'll answer about, um, ourselves this week. And so I got number five, which is, if you were a Disney princess, what kind of animal, talking or otherwise, would you have as a sidekick? Uh, and so I think for me, I would have either a calico cat or some sort of fruit bat. Um, I definitely thought, I thought long and hard about this. What animal sidekick would I love to have? And I, I would like, like a crow because they're probably smarter than me and they bring me shiny things, but I would probably more likely have a cow as my sidekick animal because they're very curious and they get into all sorts of shenanigans. Also, they struggle going up and downstairs. I was also thinking about this quite a bit. Um, and uh, my mind just kind of kept going back to a really fluffy black cat who specifically is voiced, whether they're talking or not, is voiced by Alan Tudyk. <laughs> because that man does some of the best animal voices in the world, but also he's just really funny. <laughs> That's amazing. For me, uh, all right, I, I immediately went to a talking tiger or lion because I just felt it was a fierce and, and strong animal. But I gotta say, <laughs> part of me really likes the idea since watching. Uh, the show Peacemaker about having a sidekick as a as a hawk or or a bald eagle. Um, just think it'd be cool, especially a talking one. Um, I, I don't I just it just seemed like it was a really cool thing, certainly in the movie or show. Uh, so that's probably what I would. Well, for me, since I'm playing a Disney princess, I could just cop out and say, you know, like you know, something like an Olaf or something like that. Um, but um, um, I would have to say, if otherwise, um, if it, I don't know, like in general, I, I don't know, things like dire wolves seem appropriate, especially for this kind of character. So um, just like a wintry kind of creature. So that, that, that's the creature that just kind of resonated with me. Okay, awesome. Um, for an inspiration point, who wants to do the recap of last week? Do it. 
Um, so we were back in our, I do not remember the name, like where we have been spending the most of the campaign. But um, we were just sort of there and, you know, uh, cooling off from the PvP <laughs> uh, when Galinda got a ping sort of that a house had fallen and killed the Wicked Witch of the East um, by some sort of witch in a house. Yes, I'm reading straight from my notes. Um, And we needed to go and get the slippers that she was wearing. And then essentially, from the time that Dorothy shows up in Wizard of Oz, the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie happens. And we are accompanying Dorothy to the Emerald City. Um, in the interim, we helped a mermaid get back to the sea, and we have picked up the scarecrow. And Dorothy tried to take an apple off of a tree, and not realizing the trees were alive, was then attacked, and we initiated combat. And it was a bit of a rough one, but we made it out. And we leveled up. And I think that's all we got. Yeah, I think that sounds like everything. Take uh, take an inspiration point. And Steve got a sweet trident. Steve did get a sweet trident. Yes, from the mermaid. Yes. We saved the mermaid. As a team, but the gift was for me. Oh, the other thing is that Dorothy apparently can Eldritch Blast people now. Oh, yes, because she has the Emerald Slippers. Emerald? I'm sorry. Ruby. I'm new at this. The Emerald City Ruby Slippers. <laughs> too many too many gems. Lots of gemstones in that story. Thank you, yes. The Ruby Slippers and now has the ability to Eldritch Blast. Alright, um, so after escaping the tree's wrath, uh, the party walks maybe 40 feet before running smack dab into something cold, metal, and rusty. Who's in front? Usually me, yes. Alright, so you're in front. Uh, you actually you trip over something and um, you realize it's an oil can. What is this? What, what? Looks like an old oil can. You guys, look at this. Do a perception check to see if there are any ten men around. <laughs> okay. Again, I'm just trying to crank out all of these about uh, these uh, skills. Oh, hey, I rolled pretty well. I rolled a 17 on the die. Uh, what was the check again? I'm sorry. Perception. Perception. Uh, so you're not proficient in that, okay. but, um, so, um, nearby there is a little cottage 
And next to it is this really rusty statue or sculpture of a warforged man in paladin armor, ready to swing his axe at a tree. Or so you think. The sculpture begins to make a sound. Uh, I'm kind of cautious about it, but I do point him out to Steven, like, maybe that guy? He looks like he doesn't want to be bothered. But he does look friendly. Holding an axe, I mean, I guess, how friendly can you be? Bubbles is going to fly over and introduce herself and just start chattering at him. <laughs> Me with Bubbles, and uh, we just fought some trees. You probably don't want to hit that tree with an axe, unless, like, uh, maybe you want to fight trees, too. I don't know. I... I just don't think it's a good idea. We just picked an apple and they decided to attack us. Like, it's an apple. They had more. Do you hear a noise and it sounds like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you hurt? Mm-hmm. I got nothing, guys. What, what, what do you think you're saying? Well, um... We could play charades. I hold up the uh, can. Is this what you need? Mm, mm, mm. He seems okay. very excited about the about this. As excited as one can be, um, when they when they can only move that little. I start to. I, okay. I really what don't want to say the phrase I'm thinking, but it is the only phrase I can think of. I start to oil him up. I hate that. <laughs> I said that out loud. <laughs> and I also hate that there's public record of it now. Oh, yeah. Please take the can and do whatever you're doing. Which is what again? I'm not saying it again. So, um... As as you kind of um, use the can on him, um, he, he moves his limbs, um, the the axe, his legs, his mouth, and he says, "Oh, thank you, thank you. I can talk again. I can move again. I've held up that axe for ages." No problem, man. Uh, were you attacked? Were you hurt? Well, it was about a year ago. I was minding my own business, chopping this tree like you do. When it started to rain, and right as I was about to chop it in half, I, I rusted solid, and I've been stuck like this ever since. Well, you're perfect now, Dorothy Beams. Oh, no, well, perfect. He does look a bit rusty. What's, what's your name? Nice. Well, they just call me the Tin Man these days. Uh, I wasn't always a Warforged. Um, you see, the Wicked Witch of the East cursed my axe to chop me into pieces, and with each piece I lost, I went I went to the tinsmith to build me a new one. Until finally there was only ten left of me. But the tinsmith forgot to build me a new heart, and I've felt empty ever since. And he kind of bangs on his chest to indicate his hollowness. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. But you seem yeah. strong, and... and- Sturdy. Well, sturdy's one word for it. It's lonely not having a heart. Well, what would you do with a heart, mister? 
Why, I'd feel human again. I know what it means to be tender, sentimental, to have friends again. To feel anything, jealousy, devotion, sadness, would be most wonderful indeed. Well, we're on a quest uh, to find some things. Maybe you'll find what you're looking for. That would be lovely. I don't, I don't know how easy it would be to come across a heart, but... Well, you could always ask the Wizard of Oz. We're going to the Emerald City to see him. The Emerald City? That's a long and dangerous journey, and it might rain on the way. Well, I do want to warn you. Uh, we have been attacked by many things. Can you defend yourself? I mean, he does well, have an axe. I d- yeah, I do have an axe. I I used to... Well, before all this, uh, I was... I, I was a shipwright in the Navy uh, before I settled back down into the Munchkin lands. Okay, well, you don't have to worry about rain because uh, we have the oil can and Han can oil you up. I mean, anyone can. It doesn't just have to be Han. I, I fully drop the, um, the can. I'm not doing that again. Bubbles will pick it up and try to offer it to Han and be like, you dropped this. <laughs> what i get for being nice okay let's go yes but what 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 you've done you you've you've saved this this tin man this warrior of tin let's go but what if what if you won't give me a heart when we get there he asked you dorothy says confidently we've come such a long way already you call that long a familiar voice snaps you look for the sound of the voice and see Elphaba, the Wicked Witch of the West, leaning on her broom atop of the roof of the Tin Man's cottage. Why, you've just begun! Forgotten about me, eh? Well, I certainly haven't forgotten about you, my pretty. Helping the little lady along, are you, my fine gentlefolks? Well, stay away from her unless you'd like me to stuff a mattress with your innards or perhaps make a beehive from your corpse. I've always wanted to get into beekeeping. Okay, that's a lot. She looks at the scarecrow and she grins. Wanna play ball? And she casts um a scorching ray. And she will um attempt to hit where are my So she is going to cast um uh, Scorching Ray at the Scarecrow at Bubbles, and it's Steve. Rude. So she gets a a nat one. And um, actually ends up setting her own cloak on fire. And let's see, she will take... She takes seven damage. Shit! She yells. Oh, oh, you all think this is funny, do you? Well, now. Well, I have to say, that is quite amusing. Elsa's just snorting in the background. Yeah, uh, just not cackling, but definitely lots of that. So, um, she just, um, enraged she opens her mouth and 
and this swarm of bees comes out and swarm of bees comes out and they start um heading your way and so she she laughs she laughs um she doesn't my little Dorothy, I wish you good luck with the wizard and a happy journey back to Kansas. Oh, and as for Dorothy's little champions of goodness, I do so hope you'll send her my regards. And then she she disappears into this plume of smoke um, as um, her bees um, head your way and they start, um, they're going to start attempting to sting everyone. How how far away are they from the party? Oh, I'm gonna say she was probably not that far from the house. Maybe twenty feet from the house and then thirty feet up. So maybe about, about fifty feet. But they're um they're closing in. The bees. Are we Rolling for initiative because I want to cast a spell. Um. Yeah. Yes. You. You can. Um. Roll initiative. Got a six. Yeah, I really wanted to cast a spell, but it looks like I'm. I'm probably going last. Oh, good. My brain's all over the place. Give me a second. Dean, it's not too bad. Um, what did, uh, Han roll? I got a 15. Okay. I do remember, I have to be conscious of that because I roll physical dice, none roll 20. Okay, so it looks like, um, up first are the bees. Um, they seem to be very intrigued by the Tin Man. So they are going to attempt to um, sting him, but they did not roll especially well. Yeah, they got um, a six total. So it is um, it's on turn. Oh, um, how far away are these things from me? Um, let's see. I'm gonna say they're probably about 15 feet. Okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna zoom right in. And I guess it's a, like a swath of bees, so it just sort of like I know a rapier's a um, piercing weapon, so I just sort of like pushing throughout the cloud of bees. Okay. That I, I guarantee you that did not hit. That's a uh, nine. <laughs> yeah, uh, nine does not hit. No, uh, it is uh, Bubbles' turn. Alrighty, um, we are fighting. I am going to cast Fairy Fire on. As many groups of bees as I can. <laughs> okay. Um, so there are two swarms of bees. Okay. 
And as long as they're within 20 feet of each other, I can cast them an outline in blue as long as they fail a dexterity saving throw. Okay. So um, that is an 11 total, so I do not think that... They failed! Um, yeah, they failed. Alrighty. Um, so uh, they are coated in a bright blue uh, outline, and uh, we now have advantage against them. Also, they can't turn invisible, which would be horrifying if a swarm <laughs> of bees turned invisible, just saying. But, yeah, they're outlined in, in bright blue. And that right. is my whole turn. Alright, yeah. It is the Tin Man's turn. So, he is going to cast uh, um, Wrathful, Wrathful Smite on himself. And so, Wrathful Smite, the next time you hit with a melee attack during the spell's duration, your attack deals an extra 1d6 psychic damage. Additionally, if the target is a creature, it must make a wisdom save or be frightened of you until the spell ends. As an action, the creature can make a wisdom check against your spell save DC to steal its resolve and end the spell. So, it's concentration up to one minute. So he does that, and he is going to attempt to hit them with his... I believe he has a battle axe. Yes, his battle axe. So he got a 22 to hit. Who is he attacking? Uh, he's attacking the bees. Ah, uh, I zoned out so hard I thought it was the bees attacking us. And did the fairy fire hit? Both swarms, or I think so. Yeah, I think it should have. So we did twenty-one damage to the bees. They are not looking so hot now. Um, the bees are going to um. Wait, actually, he only does half of that. Um, because they seem to be resistant to slashing damage. So they only take, um, 11 damage. And so the bees are going to, um, attempt to hit the Tin Man again. Or these bees are, rather. This is a different swarm. Bees are not rolling well tonight. <laughs> I mean, in their defense, it's a swarm of insects yeah yeah they um only did they only got five to hit which does not hit um the scarecrow is up next and is going to um use his short sword on the bees on the um swarm that the tin man hit. Ooh, not twenty plus five. So he does twelve damage to those bees, but it is in half. Um so he does six damage. And it is Steve's turn. Okay, um you guys you guys go left. I'm gonna go here. 
uh, Bucky, look out. Those bees coming incoming. All right. We're gonna we're gonna take them out. I'm gonna swing my trident, my beautiful trident at this swarm and try to stop them from coming in. Okay. As soon as I figure out what the hell I'm doing wrong. Okay. Uh, that's my screen. Okay. <laughs> All right. uh, okay. So I'm going to roll for attack uh, to see if I hit. And then if I do, well, then it's going to be interesting. Doesn't look like I'm going to hit. It's a seven. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't hit. Okay. So, so. the trident misses. Uh, and I'm going to try for my bonus attack with my shield to see if I can hit him. Okay. Don't forget, we have advantage because of the fairy fire. We'll back that up a little bit then. Yeah, uh, I, I forgot about that too. Yeah. No worries, uh, and I didn't remind anybody. <laughs> How rude of me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us that are, are at our full brain capacity right now, if I'm being totally honest. Well, I'm in, in, in Raven's defense, I mean, how many characters? Uh, so, but yes. Uh, so, can I, I roll again? Yeah, re-roll for the trident. Nice. That is a seventeen. That does it. Nice. Okay, so now roll damage. That is eight piercing damage. But wait for it. There's more. Uh, All right. So when the trident additional one d eight cold damage on a hit. All right. Uh, roll your extra one d eight. That's six. So, um, which swarm did you hit? The one that's already been hit, or the one that hasn't been hit? Uh, I'm gonna go with the one that's been hit, but I would have obviously attacked whatever's in the air. Okay. So that's um so they seem to be um what's the word? Uh resistant to the piercing. Okay. Um so that does seven. But the cold does full damage, so that does thirteen. And they um they look like they're on death's door. Wonderful. And it is Elsa's turn. All right. So, how big around is this, or, or, or each swarm? I'm going to say like maybe five or six feet around. Okay. So, if I cast a spell on them that had a five foot circular range, then I would only hit them. I wouldn't hit anybody else. Yeah. All right. Then I'm going to cast my new spell. Um, Snillix Snowball Swarm. Say that three times fast. Um, and um, they have to make a dex 14 save. Um, and the description is, a flurry of magic snowballs erupts from a point you choose within range which is 90 feet. Um, each creature in a five-foot radius sphere centered on that point must make a dexterity saving throw and 3d6 cold damage on a fail and half on a success. All right, let's see. 
So I believe total that is 10. So I'm assuming that they failed. Yeah. All right. So let me roll for damage. All right. So are you hitting the swarm that's already been um, injured or no. the second swarm? Second swarm. The second is. swarm. Okay. And and then for my movement, I make sure that I move as far away from the second swarm as I can, um, figuring that they're I'm probably pissing them off. All right. Um, so my movement's okay. 30, so I move 30 feet further away from them. And okay. So you're about 45 feet away from the bees. Um, let's see. So it is Dorothy's turn, and she is going to um, Eldritch Blast the bees that um, are less injured. Five. So that's a, so it's plus five, so that's a 16 total, which does hit the bees. And they take eight damage. They are um, not looking so hot now as well. So it is back up to the first swarm of bees. And they are going to go after bubbles. So they got a seven to hit. Does not hit. Yeah. Um, it is Hans turn. This. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a one-trick pony, but that's kind of the nature of martial classes, isn't it? We still have. Oh my god, I'm rolling so poorly. We still have um, event fair fire still active. Okay, it really doesn't matter because I rolled a three and a four on the die. So I didn't hit. But I just wanted to make sure that my rolling with advantage is valid. Oh god, I'm rolling like garbage. Anyway, that's my turn. Alright, um, it is Bubbles' turn. One second here. Um, okay, Does I anybody am... have a can of Raid? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am going to cast on the last, our lovely last group of bees. Um, I'm going to cast Ice Knife on them, so I need to make a ranged spell attack. Okay. I have an advantage, because they're still fairy-fired. 20. Yeah, that definitely hits. Yes, I figured. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, and that will be uh, 10 piercing damage and 9 cold damage. Oh. And they, sorry, they need to make a dexterity saving throw okay. in order to take the cold damage. It's a two part attack. So they got a 23 total. So they dodged. Okay. Yeah, they definitely save. So they take, well, they still take the piercing damage. Well, ha half of that, because they're... Yeah. So, beings. because they're resistant, they would only take five normally, but I guess half of that would be, we'll make that three damage. And it is uh, the Tin Man's turn. 
He's going to attempt to hit them with his battle axe. So he got a 21, which does hit. So I think he should... He, I guess he still has a Wrathful Smite going. Probably just this last turn, though. So he can't... So I think that's 8 damage total. He takes out the first swarm of bees. And all that's left is the second swarm now. And it is the second swarm's turn. Um, they are going to attempt to go after Dorothy. 13, which might hit? Let me check. Yes, meets it, beats it. So they do hit Dorothy. She takes 10 damage. Oof. Uh, it is Steve's turn. Okay. At this point, you, you see my me just kind of swinging my trident in the air at these bees attacking, you know, not really actually hitting them, but, you know, trying to, waiting for an opportunity to attack again with my trusty trident. And uh, I will attack again. All right. I rolled a 15. That does it. I will roll damage. That is for five damage of the um, piercing kind. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to roll the 1d8 for the cold damage of three. And since I forgot to take my bonus action last time, Gonna do that. Like I said, nobody's head is quite right tonight. Oh, and don't forget you have an advantage. 13? Yeah, it was already hit, so it's fine. Uh, 13? 13 does not hit. Okay. Do I get the advantage on the second attack? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say yes. Ah, see, that's what I like to hear. Doesn't matter, it's lower. It's a no go. (laughs) Miss on the second attack with my shield. So, hit him with my shield and this. So, the bees, um, they look like, um, they're pretty much dead. Like, one, one more good hit should, um, do them in. And it is Elsa's turn. All right. Um, finish them off, Elsa. All right. Let's, uh, Let's try to magic missile these guys. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. That's an auto hit, so we'll just say yeah. it takes them out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, there's just this like scattering of bees on the ground. Um,. And that is the end of combat. There's just something that feels a little eerie about seeing that many dead bees in one place. Um, The Tin Man seems kind of sad about having to hurt the bees. But um, he offers to let you stay in his cottage for the night and rest there. Ah. Thank you, that would be great. I know I can use a rest. My bones are killing. 
Yeah, I'm not feeling so great after that last battle. Um, I definitely need some R and R. All right, so you can take um, a short rest or a long rest there. And um, the Tin Man doesn't have much food or anything. This was his house. Um, he didn't really need to eat, but it's really dusty now. Um, I think he, he does have a, um, a fruit tree out back, a peach tree. Um, but because this is... Um, Munchkin land, it's it's also blue, like most of the things there. But that's what he has to eat. Are we doing short or long rest? I'm good um, with whatever length you all need. Yeah, um, you can do either or. You'd have time. I think short should be fine. I, I could really use a long rest. Okay, I'm... that's fine. I mean, I would just say that's fine. I will never say no to a long rest. Uh, yeah, either I, either one works for me. I can use. I will keep first. Uh, I will keep an eye out. I. I can I, take we, second watch. You never know when uh, she'll be back. Or yes, she knows where she, yeah, she knows where we are. So she sends more bees. So as as you're all getting ready. Um, to go on watch or go to sleep or what have you. Dorothy just kind of quietly asks if if you all still want to come with her after all the trouble you've got that she's gotten you into. I'm positive um, we would have gotten into this trouble if we weren't escorting you. It really isn't a big idea, a big deal. Absolutely, we are we're on our own mission uh, at this point. And we would be would have been attacked regardless. We are just happy to help uh, protect you in any way. Bucky, you good with that? Bucky squeaks an affirmative. <laughs> and and Elsa says, you know, plus we've gained some valuable intel on what the switch can do. So. Um, you know, when she feels like she really wants to face off against us, I feel like we're going to be in a lot better state than than we are now. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen uh, Bubbles get angry. <laughs> well, we have. You've, they haven't. It, yeah, exactly. You've seen me turn into a bear. That's kind of like getting angry. Oh, you should have turned into a bear for the bees. That would have been epic. <laughs> I thought about it, but then I was also worried they would fly out of where I could reach. And that also, bears and bees don't have good track records together. So. All right. Well, the the night goes by um, without um, any events. And uh, you can start back down the road whenever you see fit. What is this playing in my head now? <laughs> he's on down, he's on down the road. That doesn't get us a copyright strike. <laughs> so um, after several hours journey down the yellow brick road, you reach a dark and eerie forest. 
Um, those of you with dark vision can see just fine, but um, the rest of you require torches or another light source to see. Um, there is chilling laughter and the calling of birds all around, reminding you that Maleficent could send more were-ravens your way at any time. Dorothy, the Tin Man, and the Scarecrow are all scared out of their wits and won't stop chanting that there could be lions and tigers and bears in the forest. Before you can shush them or react, roll on the encounter's table. Tiana does it, because she <laughs> weren't here last time. What am I rolling? A d20. Okay. Yeah, straight d20. Straight d20 already. Uh, that was a one. <laughs> Okay, let's see. What do I have for a one? So, as um, you're trying to, to hush them, um, you come across uh, another swarm of creatures. This time, they appear to be monkeys with wings. They, they screech and, and, and fly towards you. This is awful. Uh, maybe they know the way to go. But well, watch out, we have incoming. Uh, they they seem very displeased to see you all. And they are going to um, attempt to attack. Oh man. Why is everything here so angry? And flying. Everything here is flying. Trees fly? Did they? But they threw those rocks at us, right? Bulls. Oh, wait, no, they threw rocks. Uh, let's see. I'm going to start rolling. We are rolling for initiative. Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Battle stations, everybody. We got incoming. They're coming in hot. Couldn't, couldn't have just been like, you see a butterfly, and it, everything is happy. <laughs> No, why would we ever get that? That would have been a nat 20, not a nat 1. I rolled a 2! Crew. <laughs> I literally rolled a 2! Shout out to the 2 crew. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, my nat pod fans out there. <laughs> Technically, I rolled a, a, a nat 1. Damn it! I mean, I've played many a character who have had 0 as their initiative roll. Because of a minus one. <laughs> Did they I just have the battle? <laughs> uh, they just were in their own little universe until the very end of the round. Uh, my favorite, though, is uh, I have rolled as a monster a negative one, and I just didn't know what to do with that information, really. <laughs> There's a special space at the end of initiative served for that. Yeah. The bad rolls continue. I rolled the four I to ten altogether for my initiative. Okay. Yeah. So far. Oh okay. Let's see if I roll double digits after that first perception check. So Elsa and Bubbles rent uh, both rolled nines, uh, but I'm guessing Bubbles has a higher Dexterity. That's what it looks like, so I have well, made a note of that. 
Gotta love that plus one. Mm-hmm. So many threes that I have rolled. Alright, so it looks like um, Dorothy is going first. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. So, she is going to cast Eldritch Blast at, there are like uh Three swarms of monkeys. And that hits because it's a 20 total. And the first group takes uh, five damage. Are these three mm-hmm. swarms next to each other? Or is like one in front and the other two are in the back? Or vice versa? Or um, how, are they, how are they kind of aligned in front of us? Or? They're kind of like one on the bottom... And then uh, about five feet in between is next row, and then five feet up from that is the third swarm. So, so are they kind of in a straight line, more or less? Um, yeah, they're almost stacked on each other, but not quite. Going up? Yeah, up. Okay, I get it now. Thank you. So it is the first swarm's turn. Um, and they have pack tactics, which means they have an advantage on attack roll against a creature if at least one of the monkey's allies is within five feet of the creature and the ally is incapacitated. And it's going to be going after Dorothy. So it would have gotten at one, but let's see what it gets because of its advantage. Still not very good. <laughs> yeah, that's is a five, which does not hit Dorothy. And it's um, another one of the swarm's turns. It's also going to try to hit Dorothy. Does not hit that time. Still doesn't hit. I'm rolling very poorly tonight. So it is uh, Bubbles' turn. Alrighty. I am... I'm going to wild shape into a brown bear. <laughs> and uh, I will do my two attacks. All right. Um, on whichever flying monkey is the closest. All right. That would be swarm one. Okay. Oh, that's a nine with my bite. That's not very good. But a 25 with my claws. Alright, yeah, that, that second one hits. Alrighty. That will be an 11 total of slashing damage. Yep, that does it. Um, obviously that hit them. Um, so, um, it is now Elsa's turn. Alright. So the reason I wanted to know how they were aligned is because I want to know with Rhymes Binding Ice, um, how how many of those swarms can I hit in a cone without hitting any of my team? Oh, I'm going to say you're probably um, five, five, ten feet away from the monkeys. So if I, if I, Try to if I try to hit the first swarm, I'll probably hit 
teammates or no? Um, you are probably um, close enough that you'd be able to hit teammates, yes. All right. Then I'll focus at the cone on forms two and three. Okay. All right. And that is a con save of 14. All right. First swarm does a four plus, I'll check in a second, but I'm pretty sure that didn't make it. Yeah, that was a four and a five, which total is a four and a five. So they are hit. All right. So they take 3d8 damage, 17 damage. Ooh. Um, And. Um, they are also hindered by ice formations for one minute. Or until it or another creature within reach of it uses an action to break away the ice, so their speed is reduced to zero. All right. I think um, I want to I want to do my bonus action, which I took a f- our. I'm assuming like the uh, like the tin man is somewhere nearby. Um. Yeah. Yes. All right. So I took the feat um, gift of the chromatic dragon. Um, and for my bonus action, I can touch a simple weapon or martial weapon and infuse it with some kind of damage type. Um, so I'm going to touch uh, his axe and give it cold damage. And for the next minute, his weapon will deal an extra 1d4 cold damage when it hits. And that's my bonus action. All right, awesome. Um, Han, you're up. Okay. I really don't want to think about it too much. I'm just going to shoot at one of the ones on the top row. All right. With my short bow. Okay. Good. Oh my god, I'm going to use my inspiration because I cannot believe I just rolled another goddamn three. <laughs> okay, there we go. 19 to hit. That does it. Yes! It's not a lot of damage, but <laughs> I don't give a shit. I hit once. Alright, uh, how much damage did that deal? Eight. They are not looking so hot. They're definitely um, bloodied at this point. Give him the middle finger. <laughs> and that's the end of my turn. Okay. So, um, let me see. It looks like uh, one, one of the swarms... Well, the, the Tin Man and the monkeys are tied for decks. But the Tin Man has a higher dex overall. So he is going to go next, and he's going to um, attempt to hit the bottom row with his battle axe. And that is a 20 total, which does hit. So. And don't forget the uh, one, yeah. 1d4 of what cold. What are doing right now? Got it. Cool. Cool, cool. So they take 8 damage. They are also looking bloodied. And it is the middle monkey's turn. 
They're going to use their turn to um, try to break out of the ice, which um, they did not do. I think that's a... Let's see, what is the total? They do not have very good strength. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, technically, that's a one, but it was not a nat one. But they did not do very well um, in attempting to do that. So it is... Scarecrow's turn. Scarecrow is going to hit them with a short sword. Got a 10, which does not hit. It's Steve's turn. Did we lose Steve? Oh, my, my apologies. I was muted the whole time. I went through a whole speech. <laughs> oh, so damn. basically... My character is going to spread his wings, fly into the air, and um, attack the top, the high, the monkey at the at the top of the pile. There, the highest monkey in the group, and I'm going to attack with my trident. Okay. I got an eight. That does not hit. No, it does not. Okay. Um, so I will do my bonus attack. Attack with my Shield and see if that hits. Okay. That's a 10. That also doesn't hit. So I am just in the air swinging wildly with my my shield and trident. I'm terribly sorry for wasting their time. (laughs) So it is um, Dorothy's turn. And she is going to shoot at them with her crossbow. So that's a nine total. She does not hit. Um, It is the bottom row of the monkey's turn. Um, They are going to um, try to hit Dorothy. I've hit, let the record show that I think I've hit once tonight. Um, so that's a five total. It is the only next... pro- problem is if they're flying and they're above the earthy, they're hitting them, are hitting her regardless. She can't block. So, um, the top row of monkeys are going to attempt to get Steve for talking out of turn. I understand. So they got an 11 total, which I don't think hits. Does not hit me now. And it is Han's turn. I mixed up the numbers last time. It should have been Han first before Bubbles and Elsa. That's okay. Yeah. Um, has anyone gone for the middle row of monkeys yet? Um, they, are, they are injured, but no one's going after them like right at this second. Okay, I'll, I'll go for it. Weren't they frozen by, by Rob? Yeah, they can't move right now. They're stuck. Right, but if they get attacked, they would break it. Oh, then, yeah, I'll just keep going for the top one. There we go. There's there's the rolls. That's a 21 to hit. Never it definitely trust, hits. Never trust a monkey DM. Them. Attack them, yes, please. Uh, how much damage? Uh, another 8 damage. Anytime right. I'm taking a long pause in between announcing the hit and announcing damage, it is me rereading sneak attack and seeing like 
can I do this? Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um, not so good. They're looking like they're on Death's Door. Um, so it is Bubbles' turn. Alrighty. Bear Bubbles is going to uh, attack the monkeys that look like they're going to die. Okay. To the best of her ability. Uh, a 17 to hit? That definitely hits. Alrighty, so that is uh, 7 piercing damage with my bite attack. They chomp into the nearest monkey. So they kind of... Um... They kind of, like, screech one last time, and then they fall down. And, um, because the other two were kind of, um, on top of them, they kind of fall closer to the ground, and they kind of land on top of each other. Like, two monkey ice cubes. And it... I have my second attack, and I'm going to attack one of the monkey ice. <laughs> okay. Because I might as well. That's a not a natural 20, dirty 20. Yeah, that hits. Uh, for 12 slashing damage for my claws. All right. They are looking like they're on death's door now. Superb. So it is now Elsa's turn. Right. Was that the third group that's looking like on death's door? Uh, that's the middle group, so the second group. Middle group, okay. All right, so then Elsa is going to cast, just at first level, a uh, magic missile on them. Okay. And that's, remind me, so do I click the button three times, or do I take the number and multiply it by three? Um, click the button three times. All right. That is an auto hit. So those first two, um, it takes out the monkeys. They kind of slide out from the ice cubes and they fall on the ground. So we'll say that third one, um, because of how they fell, it hits the final group who are also not looking so hot now. And it is the Tin Man's turn. Gonna hit him with his battle axe. Uh, so I think that is a 12 total. So that does hit. So that does six total. So that is enough to take out the final group of monkeys. And, and we are out of initiative. Ooh. So um, you don't see much um, as you walk forward. But you do hear this growling sound. And the further you walk, the closer it sounds. And then suddenly... This hairy mass leaps down from a tree onto the yellow brick road directly in front of the party. Put him up! Put him up! Which one of you first? I'll fight you all! I'll fight you all, all at once if you want! I'll fight you with one pole tied behind my back! I'll fight you standing on one foot! How dare you sneak up on me! And the creature really you see... This and, can. and the creature you see is a Leonin. Bubbles is still a bear and just kind of sits on her haunches and just kind of like looks quizzically at this newcomer. Afraid of me, are you? Get up and fight, you shivering junkyard. Put up your hands, you lopsided pile of hay. You... Hey! No need to get personal, says the scarecrow. 
Yeah, get up there and teach him a lesson, says the Tin Man. Scarecrow looks at him wide-eyed. Well, well, why, why can't you teach him a lesson instead? Well, I, I hardly know him. They're both clearly terrified by the presence of Leonin, but Toto, Dorothy's dog, certainly isn't. The dog barks and growls much more aggressively than one would think someone of his size could. I'll get you anyway, Pee-wee, the, the Leonin snarls. The dog leaps out of his basket and into the nearby shrubs with the Leonin right after him. Dorothy rushes to pick him up, and she will need to make uh, a dex check against the Leonin to catch her dog first. Which I think is a four total, so let's see what the Leonin gets. I mean, I don't have to check, but how much did he be by? So, then gets an 11 to her 4. So he grabs the dog um, and attempts to bite him. Hey, hey, just put the dog down. We're not here to fight you. Just moving on through. Let's see if he, if he can bite the dog. Because <laughs> uh, he's, he's, already, he's already trying. So, so he tries to bite the dog. The dog jerks out of the way, um, is able to scamper um, out of his grasp. Be there, sir. There's no way to act. We're not looking for trouble. You seem to be wanting to fight. If you wanted to fight, you would have attacked us. Uh, so please, if you, you, you got nothing else for us, we're, we're moving through. It's shame on you for picking on so much, someone so much smaller than you, Dorothy says. Well, I... Well, I didn't actually end up biting him. Oh, but you tried to. It's bad enough picking on a straw man, but you went after a little dog? For shame. I'm out of here. And she starts to walk away. I agree. Oh, okay. Shame on you. And you see the Leonin hang his head. And he says, You're right. I am a coward. If I, if I wasn't a coward, I wouldn't have gone after someone so small. You're right. Oh. Uh, I'll be going now. And he kind of um, tries to jump back up into the trees. And does he does he succeed? Does he? Uh, actually, he he does. He he bounds back up into the trees. Oh come on! There was no reason for that. We were just looking to pass through, and you tried to come at us. This is my territory. I'm the king of the forest. Can I see your ordinance for that? I, as a bear, would like to climb up the tree. Okay. <laughs> I like how I went bureaucracy and you went staying as nature. I just am following. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't want to talk. He ran up the tree. I'll just follow him up the tree. <laughs> no need to, to seek your bear after me. I surrender. Just, just get, get off my land. I guess now that I've climbed the tree and I'm quite, it's appearing to me that this individual is quite bothered by the presence of my bare self. I will uh, drop my wild shape and turn back into my little blue fairy. And um, I'll just... I'll say to, well, I mean, you don't have to stay in this scary forest with, like, the flying monkeys and stuff. 
They're everywhere. And he looks particularly shaken after seeing you drop your wild shape. He's just really startled that you weren't a bear, that you were something else. I mean, you, you saw us handle those guys pretty easily. Why don't you come with us? I don't, I don't have the courage to leave. Is is all I know. I'm too much of a coward for anything. I, I even scare myself. Look at the circles under my eyes. I haven't slept in weeks. I'd, I tried counting sheep, but even they're too scary. Well, wouldn't it be nice to have some friends who can watch your back? Friends? Well, we're not enemies. You didn't bite Dorothy's dog. I've never had friends. Well, there's a first time for everything. Well, it doesn't sound so bad. But I don't know if I can get down now. Well, I can't carry you like this. I just... Well, I'll try, but... Uh, I, I'm kind of afraid of heights. Well, don't worry. If you get hurt, I can patch you up. Okay. I fly up. And try to help. Um, uh, okay. Uh, if you're gonna, like, are you carrying him, or...? Not really carrying, just making sure it doesn't fall down. Okay. So, he's going to roll, um, acrobatics. So then you would just do that with advantage, I guess? Uh, I guess so. So, the, the first time he gets it, um... Despite himself, he kind of um, does a just kind of a cool flip as he as he lands back down on the ground, and and so he says, "You wouldn't feel embarrassed to be seen with me, a, a cowardly Leonin? I would." Don't worry, I'm brave enough for the both of us. That's awfully nice of you. My my whole life has been unbearable until now. You see, as a Leonin, I'm expected to be king of all beasts, and all my life I've been too scared to do just that. I'm not fierce or brave or ferocious. I'm just a big, mushy, softy at heart. But if you all believe in me, maybe I can believe in me too. So, Elsa walks up, and you can see she kind of softens a bit, and she says, you know... You're not the only one who's had to fight fear. Um, if you ever want to talk about it, let me know. By the way, what's your name? They call me the Cowardly Leonin. Because I'm a big coward. I'm not calling you that. Okay. Well, well, I like Leo. I think that's a perfectly good name. Because you're not cowardly when you're with us. That might be a bit much, but Leo's good. Leo's a good name. Well, we're all looking for something, and we're going to the Emerald City to find someone who can help us and get us the things we're looking for. If you're interested, come with us. Maybe you can find what you're looking for. I've heard of this, this wizard guy who lives there. I don't, I don't know if he could just just give someone the concept of courage, but... Well, you're supposed to be very powerful, so maybe you could. Yes, we've heard that as well. Gaglian, I believe his name is, and we are hoping he can give us the things we need. Maybe you'll find what you need there or on the way. 
he kind of stands up. He looks a little bit um, prouder and more sure of himself. He kind of um, walks closer to the group. Not too close. He's still, he's still, um, he seems like he's just constantly on edge, but. As he does that, I pull out Bucky. Oh, you have a little creature. Yeah, this is Bucky. Um, he's very small, so he can sometimes run away from serious problems, but he's always, always stands up and tries to help. So we just want to see if you're interested in doing the same thing, helping Dorothy and all of us get to where we're going. Well, I don't know which one of you is Dorothy, but I'll try to help. I'll do my best. Well, you might have to apologize to Dorothy first. That would be the young girl whose dog you tried to eat. Oh. Well, maybe she'll never forgive me then. To try apologizing first. Yeah, let, let Dorothy be the one to decide whether she accepts your apology or not. Okay. Seems scary, but I'll try. Well, that's the first step of being courageous. Alright, um... So he kind of, um, walks up the path um, where he saw Dorothy going. And he kind of disappears. And you can't really see what happens. But, um... Let's see if he can make a persuasion roll. Which he's proficient in. So... That is a 15. You can't really hear um, what they're saying. Um, that they're a little farther ahead than the rest of you. But um, Dorothy's face seems to soften a little bit. Uh, she, she kind of still keeps her distance a little bit, but she doesn't seem as angry as she did earlier. As, as you continue onward... Um, you know, talking, chatting, um, honing your skills, what, what have you. Um, you come across a site as beautiful and red as anything in Quadling Land. Field of poppies, and just beyond the field, you finally see it in the distance. The towering skyline of the Emerald City. In their excitement, um, Dorothy, Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Leonin um, all rush across the field. Slow down, guys. Could be trouble. Elsa casts the message cantrip to Dorothy and says, Stop! Dorothy just kind of looks startled, and she looks around. Who said that? I say, I did. Don't you remember what happened with the trees and the apple? Well, there aren't any trees here, so I don't see any critters. Well, we should at least stay together as a group, right? You're probably right. So there's the field um, of the flowers, and there's a path next to the field. Dorothy and your um, your your three other new companions plus Toto, they seem very interested in the field, but they just seem very interested in the field. Do I notice anything weird about the field or the flowers or anything? Um, you could make a nature check. Am I proficient in it? <laughs> Let me look. Yes, you are proficient in nature. 
Superb. I mean, it makes sense. I'm a druid. Wow. That's... Those are flowers. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, oh, those are really, those are really pretty flowers. That, that three. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> well, I'm just warning you, I would take the pass if I were you guys. At least you can see what that you hear. Well, maybe we should. There could be, I don't know, like some sort of evil fire ants in there. I don't know. It just seems a little odd, doesn't it? Just a whole field of flowers. Like this land has all kinds of weird things. It just feels like there's something too easy about this. Yeah, I don't trust it. I gotta admit, they do look pretty to walk through. It's making me want to do I mean, they're just flowers, so, like, what's the harm? One of them could eat us. Flowers don't no. eat people. I wouldn't necessarily agree with that, Bubbles, but at this point, do we really have any other way to go? We could stay on this path is where we can go. I might have accidentally just metagamed, and that is on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, um, Dorothy, the Tin Man, Scarecrow, and, um, Leo do seem a little disappointed, um, that you, you all don't want to, like, frolic in the flowers with them, but, um, they listen, and, um, they stay out of the field. Well, don't be sad about it. If you just want to do it, that's up to you. Well, I've, I've gotten in trouble for, for not paying attention and, and not listening. A couple times during this journey. Maybe, maybe, uh, I shouldn't do exactly what I want. Uh, every well, time the idea strikes my fancy. I mean, you could try to smell one or, you know, look at it closely, but maybe not everybody. You guys can go frolic and we'll wait over here. At this point, we're not abandoning you. Well, I think it's just best and safest to see. What's coming at us? So let's get on the road. Let's get going. We're losing daylight, or if it is daytime. Let's get the show on the road. Kind of just take one last look at the poppies, and um, they um, head back out onto the road with you. Okay, guys. Are we off to see the wizard, or what? Yeah, let's go. Uh, Elsa cast Prestidigitation prestidigitation just for like some musical accompaniment that might be familiar in this sort of uh uh in this you know just whatever feels right um as we're going down this path so you walk um and you you finally um at long last arrive at the gates to the emerald city you were all tired, weary, but filled with hope and determination. Beside the gate is a doorbell, and on the gate itself is a small window. You ring the bell. Bubbles absolutely rings the bell. Her lack of impulse control. <laughs> so after you ring the bell, this surly, red-faced human man opens it. Oh, who rang the bell, he demands. Hi, I'm Bubbles. Well, Bubbles, can't you read? The notice on the door is as plain as the nose on my face that... Oh, hold on. One moment, please. 
He ducks back behind the door sheepishly and returns with the piece of paper that he promptly affixes to the door. It reads, Bell out of order, please knock. What was that? I mean, that's that's very presumptuous that you can... You have the belief that just everyone walking around can read. Like, that's just... I mean, how rude. He should have better manners than that. Has anybody not taught him? I mean... It's okay that you forgot to put your sign out and everything, but, like, I think your bell works. Maybe they fixed it since the last time. I mean, clearly his bell works. We rang it, he answered. (laughs) Well, um, state your business. What do you want here? I, I just wanted to say hello, and I saw... A bell, and I pushed it. Um, no. Uh, my mission is a little bit more specific. We are sent here from Galinda, the Good Witch of the North. I believe that was how she said it. And we're on a mission to find things with from the uh, from, from the wizard, uh, Gaglian, I believe is his name. Is anybody like that home or here? We can find out if they, he, he can help us. A wizard? You want to see the great wizard of Oz? No one's seen him, not even me, and I've worked here 22 years. And if, if the good witch of the north sent you, then prove it. Um, does anyone still have a medallion from... When we stayed with her, I traded mine in. So, um, the scarecrow actually um, points to the ruby slippers and says, Why, I think Glinda sent these here with Dorothy. Yes, that's correct. Glinda gave her those ruby slippers. Well, bust my buttons. Why didn't you say that in the first place? Well, that's... He closes the door and you can see and hear locks and deadbolts turning. A horse of a different color. Come in, come in. The gate swings open and you see a sea of green buildings, the tallest you have ever seen. People of all races clad in green in a green carriage with horses of every color of the rainbow and then some. As you watch the horses shift from color to color in front of your eyes. The Emerald City is by far the biggest, most populous city you've come across in Oz. Stephen Bubbles, you feel a twinge of homesickness at the sight and wonder if maybe you're big city folks yourselves when a carriage driven by the color-shifting horses pulls right up next to you. Cabby, Cabby, take you anywhere in Oz in the city we do. Could you take us to see the wizard? Dorothy asks. The wizard? The wizard? I... I can't, well... Yeah, of course. But first, I'll take you to the little place where you can tidy up a bit. Hi, Gabby. Did that horse... Just change to a different color. Yeah, that's just that's just how the horses are here. I love this place. All right, but keep an eye out because they're very happy here, and I'm not comfortable with that. All right, so um, you have all gotten to um, level five. Um, oh yeah. So, um, I'll give you some time to buy some supplies, explore the city, 
uh, even get a makeover if you want. Uh, because you're in the Emerald City, any new gear and equipment you get will be green. Sick. That's what I get my nails and, and toes done. <laughs> they, they definitely could get you uh, a mani pedi. Nice. There is a general supply store where you can get basic equipment, potions, weapons, um, a blacksmith who can improve or enchant your armor or weapons, um, a gnome selling random trinkets and items, a fancy... Um, actually, there are two two gnomes uh, with stores kind of across from each other selling... Uh, random trinkets. It, there's a fancy upscale clothing store. Um, there's the clothes themselves don't really do anything. They just make you look cool. And then there's an end, the Great Green Lizard of Oz. <laughs> okay, I know. I'm looking for uh, armor. Uh, so I would be going to the blacksmiths to get a maybe a strong armor. All right. There I... is. Sorry, go ahead. I would like to go visit the trinket shops because why wouldn't I? Everybody's got to check out the antiques. Elsa goes along as well. She's she could use a magic item or two, perhaps. Yeah, Han joins. Why not? <laughs> so, um, the blacksmith is um, a dwarven woman. Um, she says, what can I do for you? Well, my goal is to upgrade my armor. It's, it's taking a bit of a beating, and uh, I'd like to maybe upgrade it. She kind of inspects your armor. She nods. I can, a- I can add an extra plus one to your IC. Plus, t- plus two if you've got the coin. Well, I might have the coin. Will, you, will it make it nice and shiny? I suppose perhaps I could. I, the, the armor could be polished as well. Yes. Well, what would that cost me? Well, the polishing is five GP. To add plus one to your AC is is fifty gold coins, and the um, plus two would be a hundred. Well, I have the coin for the extra, but in this particular case, take the one. Have some other things I need to get today as well. All right, that will be fifty GP, and you can you can come back in an hour, uh, hour and a half tops, and I'll have it ready for you. Sounds good. Thank you very much. So, there are two trinket stores. Uh, one is called Terrell's Trinkets, and the other is Magic Trinkets R Us. Start with Terrell's, because I feel like we should support local first. (laughs) 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 Alright, so, Terrell's trinkets. Um, So, um, each trinket is 15 gold each. You have three rolls. You can keep all three, or just one or two. But you will get a 12 gold discount, 33 GP total if you keep all three. Okay. And, um, okay, so first, uh, pick a number between 1 and 12. 11. 
All right. Uh, now roll a D one hundred. D one hundred. Okay. Uh, fourteen. So you get this um ink and quill set, but the quill um will not take the ink. Oh. <laughs> Seems like maybe it uses something other than ink. You're not sure what. Ooh. I don't like that. That's foreboding. Ooh, Alrighty. Magic. <laughs> what else can I find at this lovely store? Um, they just uh have their trinkets. They don't seem to sell anything else. Is is there anything that is like animal-esque either like a, like a little figurine or something or maybe like a stuffed animal or something um the gnomes they seem to keep things pretty cluttered in their shops and it's hard to make out anything individually you kind of just have to reach out and grab something i will continue to just rifle through things in hopes of finding something soft Okay. Um, I guess uh, pick a another number, uh, one through twelve, and uh, roll another d one hundred. We're gonna go with four this time. Okay. An eighty nine. A gigantic blade, when used in combat of any kind, it becomes immobile and unable to move at all. Otherwise, it's as light as a feather. Alrighty. This is not helpful to me at all, and not what I was looking for. Can we ask the gnomes if they know where the lycanthropy expert might be? Oh, um, you mean Clegane? Clegane, um, yes. stays stays in the in the great green lizard of Oz usually. Yeah, that's. Uh, where he does uh, most of his business out of. All right. Well, I think that's, you know, that's definitely worth at least one trinket. So um, Elsa starts rifling through the trinkets. Uh, she picks number seven. 23. Nice. A tent that seems to get smaller and smaller with each new use. Who knows how small it can actually get? Elsa looks at Han and Bubbles and says, maybe we should try the other shop. Yeah, I think I'm... I think I'm good without trying my hand at this. I just want something to snuggle with at night. Well, okay. sorry. Sorry, I did that voice. Um, well, maybe you could find something at the general store. They have lots of stuff there. Thank you for your advice. You have wonderful trinkets. Thank you, we find them from all over the land. Are we heading across the street? Yeah, we're heading across the street. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> is this store, the the Trinkets are Us, is it slightly more organized? Um, a little bit. Um, The Trinkets are 25 gold each. Um, you get what you get, um, and you pick a number one through 219. 219, wow. 
This is a job for a random number. I missed that. Did you say between 1 and 19? Uh, 219. Oh, 219. Yes. 205. (laughs) All right, 205. A humanoid skull with ethereal green orbs in its eye sockets. Okay. I'm going to do an arcana check on it. There has to be something with this thing. That's not bad. It is a dirty 20. On an arcana check to figure out what the fuck this thing is. So it seems like it's not magical, but the um, orbs uh, in its eyes seem like they could be valuable. Okay. I mean, you get what you get, right? Um, I'm going to go and try to find the dome, one of the domes that works there, and, and ask them if they have any soft toys. Well, I'm sure we do, my dear. It's just not very organized in here. I apologize. We just, we get random shipments all the time. We don't always know what's in there. Already. That hit way too close to home. It's my job. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, what is 111? That's an angel number is what that is. <laughs> It is a music box which can record one minute of music played by an instrument. Kind of cool. Not what I was looking for, but kind of cool. Elsa just has this kind of look of unhappiness and says, you know, I feel like the general store might be next on our list. Running out of brain capacity for the shopping trip. (laughs) Me IRL. So much capitalism in one day. (laughs) well thank you for your time and i think i'm i think i'm okay yes thank thank you for your patronage um as soon as we leave the store bubbles is just gonna go what is wrong with this city how do they have such disorganized places yeah i'm not gonna i'm (laughs) not gonna try any more capitalism today right right like I thought everything was just going to be weirdly green, but this is a whole different level of wonkiness. Well, these are. All right, hold up the skull with the eyes in it. Um, sorry, I still wanted to stop at the um, Santa before we go to, before I go pick up my armor. You wanted to go where? The weapon enchanter or whatever you were talking about. like. Oh, that, that would still um, be the blacksmith. Oh, okay. Well, then I would come back and pick up my uh, my armor and, and, and then ask about the enchantment of the enchantment of the shield. Well, um, she can um, add um, plus one or plus two AC to your shield. Um, any kind of weapon, she could give it, um, elemental damage. Well, it's technically a weapon. Okay. Um, so, um, the the type of elemental damage you get, um, is random. You will roll a d8, and you'll get an extra 
extra um over I think your your shield's like a, a D four, isn't it? So you'd get an extra D four or what have you of elemental. Yes, damage. sorry, yes, it's a D four. Okay. Um uh, roll a D eight for me. So it does an extra one D four thunder damage. Nice. Sorry. What? Sorry. What did that cost me? I forgot to ask that part. Just want it. My Marvel brain bot immediately thought of um. Yep. Steve wielding um Yolner yeah. and yeah, that was like perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm fully aware that Mjolnir calls lightning, not thunder. Okay, I know my shit, <laughs> but that just came to me, and I thought it was funny. No, I'm with you. That's awesome. Well, I mean, you can't have thunder without lightning breaking the yes, barrier sound, so... Lightning and your thunder? So, um, she tells you that will be, um, uh, 30 GP. That is not a problem. Here you go. And, yeah, so you have your, um, upgraded elemental weapon damage. I guess we should maybe head to the Lizard of Oz to... Try and meet Clegane? That sounds like a good plan. And then, has it been an hour since the last time I used message? Because I would want to try to message uh, Steve that we were going to try to find Clegane. Uh, yeah, yeah I, think, I think it's definitely been an hour with all the walking and the, the shopping and everything. Alright. So then I... Uh, message uh steve and say when you're ready we're heading to the great green lizard of oz to see if clegane is there and that's it assuming he's within 120 feet um yeah uh i would say he's just barely within range and steve can reply too if he wants to we'll meet you voice in my head i relay that info to Han and Elsa. I mean, Han is a Han and Bubbles. There we go. Let's go. So the Great Green Lizard is um, probably one of the fanciest um, inns that you have been in. Um, it's uh, it's very um, upper class. It looks like that's mainly who frequents. But um, it is probably the richest city um, in all of Oz. So that um, is not uh, totally out of the ordinary. Um, you, um, it's so fancy that they have um, a host who um, takes you to a seat. You, um, you can... Wait there, or try to to uh, to look around the place and see if you can't find Clegane. Yeah, Elsa starts asking around. So, um, you find this um, uh, elven woman, and um, she says that um, Clegane usually um. Comes out of his room around lunch, which is not too far off. 
and he sits at this table right in the middle of the inn and has uh, lamb chowder, usually. And wow, um, I was just going to say that's like, wow, that's weirdly specific. But I mean, is the lamb, if the lamb chowder is great, then good to know. Oh, um, assuming she, she seems to assume you must already know Clegane, so she doesn't offer a description or anything. She's just like, yeah, he eats, he eats lamb chowder every day for lunch, right in the middle. Right. Is is he, uh, you know, human or what? What does he look like? Can you tell me anything else about him? Uh, elderly dragonborn fella. Oh, okay. Anything else identifying? Um, so we're markings? looking for this. Did you say it was a dragonborn? Yep, uh, an older dragonborn dude. So he looks like a dragon. Pretty much. Um, he's a dragonborn, older dragonborn fellow uh, with uh, green scales. And he usually has a cane with him. It's it's nothing fancy, but it helps him get around. So I look Elsa looks over at Steve and says, or kind of just whispers, do you think his scales are always green, or do you think being here turned him green? That is a great question. We'll, we'll have to find out. Um, but do you have any other information, or is that it? I've never spoken to the man. That's about all I know about him is from appearance. Well, thank you very much. That's very helpful. Hello. So I guess we go back to the table and tell On and Bubbles, if, assuming they're still at the table. Uh, what was the name of that person we were just speaking of? Sorry? Oh. Did we get the name of the person that we were just speaking with, or it is not? Uh, no. Not no, you, you just went up to her and, and asked if she had, um, if she, um, knew anything about Clegane, basically. We're so rude, we didn't even introduce ourselves. <laughs> Well, I don't like to be rude, but I wasn't really clear on what she was trying to explain at first. So are we waiting at his table then, or at a different table and just watching his table? Um, They sent you to a different table. His is, like, okay. right in the middle, and yours is kind of um, off to the right. I think I'm going to have to duck out soon. I think we all are. Yeah. It just this has gone longer than I expected. Yeah. Uh we could definitely um end things here and uh pick up next time um with um this meeting. Memento et Oblivisir, a game of forgetful heroes, was created by Raven Adams and is edited and DM'd by Raven Adams. Our wonderful players are Rob, Tiana, Lior, and Shy Knight, and this campaign was beta tested by Joey and Joseph.